Hello, and welcome to the Conscious Expander Experience. My name is Michaela, and I am your host. I have been on a journey of conscious healing and expansion for four years. Now I have created this podcast as a place for you to tune into in order to bring you back to the present moment, inspire you on your healing journey, and expand your life using radical mindset shifts. I spent years running, running after money, career success, and ultimately running away from God and the spirit within me. The work I bring to you today is derived from all of the above, my connection to God, his spirit within me, and my drive to live the purposeful life designed for me. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello and welcome to the Conscious Expander Experience. My name is Michaela and I am your host. I have such a gift for you today. I am interviewing one of my best friends and another conscious leader, um, heart-led business owner, my friend Mackenzie Pogue. Hi, hello. I'm excited to be here today. Yeah. Um, I would love for you to begin with just giving us a little bit of your backstory, who you are, and what you're offering the collective right now with your gifts. <laughs> I'm like, who am I? Um, I think that's the beautiful thing about life is, especially at this age in my life, and I know like 28 seems so young to some and so old to others, but to me, I feel like both of those. <laughs> but um, I feel like I'm always changing. So um, this version of me is um, – doing a lot of things. I've definitely kind of honed in on I don't have to have like one good thing that I'm good at. I can be good at many things. So I actually just got done teaching a yoga class. You were just watching the babies for me to do that. Um, I also do one-on-one mentoring for people as well as I really just want to say like I'm highly motivational on the gram. I'm really just trying to be the daily dose of inspiration that everyone needs. A little bit of my background I didn't have a hard childhood. It was really great, actually. Um, My dad was a drunk, and he was pretty absent, so I can kind of see how that's affecting me more now than it did in my childhood. I actually lost him this year, so that was a weird thing to kind of move through. Um, Had a great growing up. High school was just a huge comparison kind of deal, and definitely taking stuff from that to now and using it. And what was next? I went to college. Wasn't for me. Was not into that <laughs> at all. I went to like one year at like a huge university, KU, for anybody who knows that. Um, I was the one like hitting like a vape pen in the back of the classroom, just like <laughs> getting high during class because it was just not for me. Um, really thought at that point that I wanted to go into like nursing because by the time I got to college, I had been dealing with ulcerative colitis, my disease for quite a while. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go into nursing. First year of college, I was like, hell no. Um, finished out at a community college, just have an associate's degree now. Um, came back from college, just kind of like looking for people to hang out with, to have a good time with. Stumbled upon my husband. (laughs) And when I met Ash, it was just kind of all uphill from there. I mean, we were moving in within months, um, married on our one year, planned a wedding in two months. Uh, He decided to enlist in the Air Force. That's what got us over to North Carolina. That's how we became besties. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now I'm here. After I had my first kid, 
Max, we had been here living on our own for about a week and I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> and then I had her and like my world just kind of like fell apart. So I kind of like see having Max as like my rebirth because I was just like so used to being this like single woman. I had like really found myself singularly and I was like super into it. But then like having to be a mom, body image was kind of like thrown around and just like wasn't as into myself. Ash was gone at work all the time. I had no support system. We weren't friends then, you know, I didn't have anything of just, I can turn to and throw this on other people. I was really like finding who I am. So that's where I was like, okay, I'm going to be a yoga instructor. So I got my yoga teaching thing. I am Reiki certified level one, two, and three. I did an online course to learn how to run an online business. I just opened up a, another business with my other friend, Caitlin. So I'm also slanging sourdough. Um, I'm offering a lot to the collective. So I think Ash put it back one time and he's like, she really just loves to help people and make people happy. And so that is, I'm, I'm now in the middle of a transition of crafting an offer of how can I appeal to everyone that no matter where you're at in life, like there's been an experience that I can help you get there. No, like what I love hearing that is like you really do take, and that's the point of these interviews that I've been like wanting to pull people on is like them taking their gifts, like their interests, things that light them up and then use that in service. And I love that. Yeah. And I really like think I want to hit on the you don't have to have one thing because I was totally just a one thing kind of person. It was like, I remember when I got my yoga teaching certificate, I was like, where can I do pop-up yoga and who can I teach for and where can I be a yoga instructor at? And then the following year it was my Reiki and I was like, oh my gosh, I need the healing garden. And where can I do Reiki on people and this, this, and this. And so now, um, now I'm roller skating, I'm lifting weights, um, Doing the sourdough thing. Sourdough. Yeah. And I get lit up about every one of these things. And I am so much happier now because it's not like I don't have to put anything else off or I don't feel like I have to limit myself and be like, well, I just really need to get good on this offer and just really craft myself around only working one-on-one -on -one with women. Like, no, there is so much more I have to offer. And so many outside forces were always telling me, well, you need a niche down and you need to find one thing and stick at it and be really good at that. No, like, cause that doesn't light me up. Yeah. That's like also, I feel like just such an old world vibe too, mm -hmm. is like niching down because now like we're really moving into the times where like you have infinite resources, infinite avenues, so many opportunities. Like you can literally find, just pursue your passions, just things that you love. Cause yeah, I'm just sitting here thinking now, like, like, what if you wouldn't have started slinging sourdough and making teas? Like, I know it's just brand new, but like now that it's here, I'm like, we had to have it. <laughs> yeah. Like what, 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 what is, what have we been doing our whole lives without that? Yeah. And when did you start getting into, um, more of like the one-on-one -on -one mentorship and working with women and, you know, self-love and. So that would have been, so I would have already had my yoga and I would have already had my Reiki. And I, my, I had a high school friend that I went to school with and she, she went from personal trainer to business coach. I know a lot of you guys have seen that in the online world, but it is really cool. And she was just teaching people how to start online business. And I was like, oh my gosh, I could connect with anyone from anywhere if I did that. And so I just kind of probably did that about one and a half years ago, 
that I've been doing like the online one-on-one mentoring and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think, do you think that also would stem from you doing Reiki sessions and just seeing that need in the individual as far as like, um, you know, them coming to you for healing and connecting with you and then feeling that like lack in their connection with themselves or their life or like a lack of control over their habits, their routines. So Reiki definitely like emphasized on that, but I have really learned the most that like in my own healing and what I needed for myself, um, I've realized so many people don't ask for help. So many people literally suffer in silence. And um, the hardest part, I think, and you know this, like, because we're kind of in the same space as far as like helping individuals and stuff. It's so hard to get people to trust in you, to believe in you, to like take the step for themselves, to just be like, oh my gosh, if I invest in this, they really can help me. Like, it's really hard. But as soon as I get the people in my clutches, <laughs> it's so easy. Like, it, it is just like, such an easy connection once you're there with that person it's like oh my gosh you need this you need this you need this let's try this this and this you know so I think through my own healing through personal experience not even just the Reiki but just human experience um has taught me that so many other people need this like we're all reflections of each other so just like I see the missing pieces of me and other people and I'm like oh my gosh but I bet I have some of their missing pieces that they need. Um, even, you know, I got off my infusions this year and I was going from regular big pharma doctors to holistic doctors and everyone in between. And just kind of because they had a credentials, you know, there's a lot of trust in them. And I was like, oh, they're definitely going to be the one. It wasn't until I stumbled upon the gut goddess on Instagram. And she was someone who just had personal experience with the issue um, where I really felt held safe, secure. I can trust these answers. I can use this because I knew for a fact she had experienced what I had experienced. And that, that really matters. I don't want to take advice. You know, my biggest thing was, and you can relate, well, I guess you can't because we free birthed this baby over here, (laughs) but going to the doctors and having male doctors talk to me about my vagina. What do you know about that? Yeah. You can you can Don't study as started. many diagrams as you want, but what do you really know and feel about that subject? Or, yeah, or like so many doctors that just like don't support like the physiological process of birth, like how yes. birth works, like when left natural, like when left undisturbed, like they literally have no idea how to support you in that and they don't support you in that. And it's like, bro, like. So, yeah, yes. the Reiki, yes, but just the human experience in general that. Yeah, also I want to circle back to one of the hardest parts is just like getting people to choose themselves and bring attention and awareness to themselves and their mindset and healing. Because I've noticed this, okay, you know, I've like, I've like transitioned my work from like doing readings, healings and stuff to like this mindset strategy, like mindset coaching. Right. So this service that I offer now is less than half the price of my healings. So my healings were, yeah, $111. My readings were $50. Okay. And People love the readings, would repeatedly come back for readings. Um, I had like repeated clients for the healings and those are distant healings, not even like hands-on Reiki like you do. But it is harder. It's less, these, these mindset strategy sessions are less popular because before people could pay the money 
and just receive quote unquote healing, like yes, receive a message of clarity and guidance and not have to do any of the work themselves. But these mindset strategy sessions are us dropping through together onto what your subconscious belief systems are, rewriting those stories, like changing your mind. Like there's like pre and post session questionnaires, you know, like they're having to take responsibility. And it's like, it's, it's just insane to me how, like, I'm literally charging less for a greater <laughs> transformation. Mm-hmm. And it's harder to get people in these sessions. Like, yeah. these same people that, like, repeatedly came for, like, healings and readings are now, like, crickets. Like, oh, yes. take it, like, to take responsibility for yourself is just absolutely insane. It is. And I think that's the hard part. Um, I think a lot of people kind of see us all because like it has been like this overwhelming outburst of lifestyle coaches, mindset coaches, this and that. First of all, we need it. Hello. (laughs) But second of all, it has been a big boom. So it's very hard to like, who can I trust? Who this and that? I think the hardest part is being on this side, like offering the service is like, you guys don't understand how much we can fucking help you. And like, I'm not bragging. I kind of am. I'm not talking out my ass. Like, we literally have done the work ourselves and me and you are like pure examples no, of yeah, that. Like, like pure it. examples. I know how to get you to level up. But in that same space, when we were in those dark stages, the last thing I wanted to do was to admit to someone how dark everything fell around me, how this and that. So now I'm just like really trying to just be that space where it's like very inviting. I will help you get there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that concept. Like, um, yeah, like we teach on what we know. And like, especially on this podcast, like the people listening, like they're aware, like I speak a lot on what I moved through and what I've kind of transformed through how I've used these mindset tools, how I use these strategies in order to live a more purposeful life, you know? And I feel like you're the same way too, is like, yeah, you've been through the dark shit, you know, like I love at the beginning of this podcast, you're like, yeah, I had a great childhood. I mean, my dad was drunk and absent, but I mean, you know, like that is a healer, yes. bro. That is a healer for you. Like that is somebody who has done the the trauma work. That is somebody who has done the mindset work to where they're like describing the most like harmful, like traumatic things and being like, yeah, but that was just something that happened in my I life. And- I saw, I saw <laughs> yeah. a freaking reel the other day and it was like, once you like do all this healing and you're in this like better space or whatever, like you literally do introduce yourself like, hi, I'm Kinsey, word vomit my whole entire trauma of my whole entire life. Yeah, that's me. That's me. Like, and it's just like, it's nothing. Like, um, I had the hardest time talking um, for the longest time talking about like me and Ashton's relationship because I was constantly told, like, if this, this, and this happened within a relationship, run, flee, go, just go. Um, Arguing and disagreeing with your spouse on the regular is absolutely normal. Um, I have thrown a Yankee candle out the back of Ash's head. Like, am I proud of that? No. Did it happen? Yes. Like, am I a horrible person because of it? No. Was I in that moment? Yes. But, like, I learned from it and stuff. And I think, first of all, you have to have common sense. You know when you're in something bad, you're – well, you do have common sense. But if you're not honing in on that gut feeling and stuff and not following it, you maybe can't listen to the body as well. But, like, we have done so much work that it was, like, I was so – I was just so taught that what I was in was so nasty and, like, to blame Ashton. But really, like, I was the one at fault. 
not even just for throwing the candle, but like there was so much wrong with me internally that like everything was a fight with Ashton. Yeah. Everything. And this goes back to people not wanting to take self-responsibility. And I didn't. And I totally didn't. When a situation is bad around you, like most people would want to transfer the blame become a victim, instantly become a victim, instantly become, yes, me, 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 transfer blame, instantly become a victim. And sometimes like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take responsibility for how you show up within your relationships and within your life to cultivate these experiences. And sometimes you can shift the way that you show up and then that shift your circumstances. I mean, that's not gonna, I don't want to negate, like there are some abusive toxic relationships yes, like like you said yeah. I mean, those are like loud and sound and, and you know and you, you know, know yeah. those. that's like, like that's like you're getting beat up on a wednesday because it's cold out you know right, for yeah. no reason whereas like the reason i picked up the candle is i was so hurt on my inside and there was nothing i felt like i could do to show this anymore so i said okay i'm just gonna fucking cause physical harm and maybe he'll get the picture then but what really happened was after that, it was couples counseling and it was a lot of inner healing. Um, and it was like, oh, my gosh, like, really, I just wanted attention. I threw the candle at him because I wanted attention. <laughs> and, like, it's funny now. And that's what I think I love the most about me and Ash is we really do sit back and laugh on these situations now. But that doesn't take away from the fact that when we were sitting in those moments, I mean, I went, I was big girl crying, big old alligator tears. And I was just like, this is the end of our relationship. Like, I'm now causing, I've never been physically violent in my whole life. Like, what is going on with me? Like, what's wrong with me? Okay, there was nothing wrong with me. I was fucking 23 years old. I had just had a baby in a whole different state where my family was over a thousand miles away from me. I knew nobody. Ashton was not only my support system, but he was the shoulder to cry on. He was the guy to laugh with. He was the girls to vent with. Like, we used each other for everything and I totally allowed myself to just become miserable instead of healing. Now that I've healed, that's what I'm like really trying to get to you guys listening. Like me and Michaela have done the work so that you do not have to, so that you don't have to get violent. You don't have to go into these dark spaces. And I think that's the, where our offerings, you know, we're like, we're offering so much for so little, but like, I think the biggest thing that we're trying to get to you guys is makes me tear up. If we can prevent you guys from going through this, like we will do everything in our power because we've lived it and it's not fun. I think people get this thing like, oh, these healers, like their job's so easy. They just read a couple self-help books and go and preach it to other people. That's not what we're doing. Like we're really doing the work and it's not fun. It's not pretty. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, and having a kid too, when you're in and these it's relationship crying, battles. And it's crying the whole time. <laughs> it's I'm so angry, not angry, but just <laughs> fed up and to say it very immaturely, right? Like, because our baby's literally two months old, but me and Austin have had like an argument since then. And having to be the mature adult and be like, let's have a rational conversation about this because our child is around and we yeah. have a child together. So this BS that we're arguing about is and then like, like also we're creating a life that, with like, this kid. And learning like, oh my gosh, okay, I don't want to just do it for the baby. Like, cause and like a baby makes you realize that you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm just doing this for them. Why can't I do it for myself? And so then you're like, okay, wait, let me do this for myself 
because of them. And bro, I can't <laughs> just pout around the house and not talk to him because we're literally like co-parenting. Like we have a child together. So like, yeah, we went for like, I think like a day or two without talking, but like we talked through the baby. Like we'll be like, <laughs> be passing the baby back and forth or like talk as forest, you yes, know, like yes, to each yes, other. Yes. And then it finally it's just like, okay, now we have to be adults and talk about this. Um, so you're the morning routine queen. I everybody, am. Everybody knows Grand this. Grand rising. Right? So I would love for you to touch on the importance of a morning routine, connecting with yourself, um, yeah, as a woman, as a mother, as an yeah. individual. I would specifically say mornings are the most important because, like, you got to wake up and choose yourself before anything else. Um, you talked about that Hot Mom podcast, you know, and I think she said that she has to get up before her kids so she starts the day for her and not for the children. And I like that. But, like, for me, that doesn't work, like, these kids are on me. <laughs> like, so I have to wake up with them, get them set up and then do my thing. So, um, I did like the concept of that. I got up today before them and I'm like, shit, maybe I'll try again. Cause like that felt really nice. But that this was... girl gets up at like four or 5 a.m. Yeah. Not me. Like me and Michaela both. Well, she's like a naturally <laughs> early riser. Michaela came over to help me with the babies today and we're both looking at each other at 7 a.m. Like, what is this? We haven't done this in so long. And I've let myself get really late. I'm like, oh, I have a newborn. Yeah. I have a newborn, so, like, I'm just going with the flow. And, yeah, now I'm, like, yeah. two months in, and I'm, like, yesterday we slept till 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm, like, Michaela, what is this nonsense? Is this? Because yes. then, yeah, like, it's 12 o'clock. And, well, I did get up and eat breakfast and go back to sleep, so I did feed myself. But, like, I haven't read a book. Um, no morning, no no stretching, no meditation this morning, no journal. Like, it's 12 o'clock, and you're just rolling out of bed, like, just absolute insanity. And so I don't think it has to start in the morning. Um, if you want to do a nighttime routine, that's perfectly fine. I think you need a bare minimum of 20 minutes up to an hour to yourself every day. But I am the morning routine queen. I come out to the healing garden every single morning. And it started as like a self-challenge. I just kind of felt like I kind of plateaued as a human. And a lot of people, you know, like they're like, I just want to get comfortable with like not always having to reach to the next step. Well, I kind of felt in my life that I had just gotten so lazy and there was just like no more new steps for me ever. It was just like chill on the couch, make sure the kids are fed, make sure. I mean, I wasn't even making sure I was fed um, and then move on to with the day, you know. And now I'm just like, no, like I want intention. I want to intentionally set mm -hmm. goals every day and just be a better person. Like we do only get one life. And whether you believe in reincarnation, this, that, or the other, this is the one time that we are going to be Michaela and Kinsey sitting here as these two people. Whether we've met in lifetimes before, this is the only chance we have at this one right here. And so it started as a challenge to myself. I said, I'm going to do this for a year. And so I actually just passed on the psychic book that I was using to track my dates to Michaela. And it was just like, how to get closer to your intuitive ability for 365 days. And I was like, okay, perfect. It'll track my days. It'll give me a little something to do. Well, I started doing that. And then I started stretching and meditating with it. And then I started to um, add in pulling my cards. And then I was reading out of um, another book that tracks the day. And all of a sudden, you know, it was like ticking away. And this is another huge thing about adding in a routine. Consistency is what will get you through, not motivation. There were so many days I didn't want to, but knew like, hey, we made this promise. We have to. And I tell every client this is when you do something like that, it's like day one, this is amazing. Day two, oh, I'm doing it. And then it's like nothing, 
nothing, nothing, nothing. Day 14, oh my gosh, epiphany, nothing. Day 35, epiphany, and then like nothing for till you get to the hundreds and then the 200s. So there's a lot of days that aren't just like super eventful. But when you look back on it, when I hit day 365, get out of my way. I might as well have been Beyonce because like I did it. Like I made a promise to myself and I kept it. And now after a year of like being very strict on it, it's like when I wake up in the morning, my body is like, let's get some hot tea and go sit by ourselves because mm-hmm. that just I'm feels just, like, good. Programmed. And look at what you've done in the last year just by like repeatedly connecting with yourself in the morning and yeah. then like the way that you show up in the rest of the day or the rest of the week and what you can create out of that space and so much because yeah you're right like we we only okay we have this life that's very short and it's like if you are not um feeling a hundred percent like alive purposeful like lit up with the life that you're living then what the f are you doing about it you know like if you're you know, not connecting yourself in the morning, if you're not setting intention for your day or your week or your month, and that can be like, this can be so easy to just get like taken away by the day. And just, and I've noticed that like literally having a newborn and just getting slack. I'm like, oh, let me give myself grace. And then now I'm like two months in and I'm like, well, that grace is really going. I mean, it's just stretching. <laughs> it's just because still going. I'm like, what have I Yeah, and that's the thing. My... Like you can choose consistency or you can choose excuses. Yeah, because now Austin's like, um, he's talking about getting um, just like paying my aunt that lives next door to keep forest for like two hours, maybe like two or three days a week. That way I can have like two hours to work solely on my business or to yeah. go to the gym or just. And that's important. Because, yeah, I would literally just sleep in with the baby and then kind of like lounge around with him. And like, well, we usually get out and get a walk every single day. But then like but I do the basic stuff around the, the basics, house, the yeah. basic stuff around the house. And then it's time to cook dinner. And then at the end of the day, literally all I've done is go for a walk, a light walk with the baby and do basic things around the house, like clean, like wash cloth diapers because he's got to have a clean diaper on, but like be very bare minimum. And, see, and, then and there's dinner. nothing wrong with that. Like if that is even hard for you to accomplish and you're just getting to there, congratulations. Like we're proud of you. Like doing the bare basics is enough. But the thing is when you are people like me and We Michaela, don't want to live a basic life. We don't want to live I a basic don't. life. I don't want to be average. I want to be above average. And I don't want to be a Kardashian. I don't want to be famous by any means. I want to be looking down at y'all at my funeral. And all of you guys are like, wow, Mackenzie was so amazing. She had such an impact on me. She was always doing all these things. And she freaking slung sourdough. And she was also teaching women how to love themselves. Like, I want my name to live on. And I want my name to live on through my kids and I just want to give them that and I wanted to comment on that because you're like oh just the basics bitch your kid is two months old like I'm proud of you for just doing anything and just remembering that like that morning routine that hour with yourself is just to set intentions like it's not time to work on your business it's not time to think about what the kids are having for dinner or what we're doing with the rest of our day, what chores need to be done. Like that time is just for you. And I think that was probably like the hardest adjustment is like, I'm not coming out here to build anything. I'm coming in here to connect and get closer to myself. Mm-hmm. That will take you far. Yes. And Kinsey, I would love to hear now that we've discussed um, like the way that you're showing up and the gifts that you have to offer and this may be a little difficult because yeah we are ever changing ever evolving like allowing ourselves to do that but what in this moment 
do you see as the vision for your business, your life, and those go hand in hand? Because like you said, like we run our businesses based on like us for the next five to 10 years. What would you love to see? Because we, we talk on this podcast a lot about like gaining control of your mindset, your emotions, so you can expand your vision and expand your life. So what is your expanded vision right now? Yeah, my expanded vision. So I think a lot of people out there will like hearing this from a professional coach with qu- quotes around that will be shocked to know that like my plan is to keep healing. Um, I know there's a lot of things about me that um, – lack still in maybe not in other people's point of views. But like I said, I don't want to be average. There's a lot of things about me that just personally I want to overcome. So as simple as I used to just like always want to be athletic when I was growing up and now I am athletic. And so I want to do more things as far as just like, okay, what else can I do? How heavy of weights can I lift? As far as business, um, my end-all be-all would be to have a wellness center. I want this that we're sitting in, the healing garden, to be bigger. And I want to have three of them across, one east coast, one west coast, one in the middle, um, for people to literally come and get health and wellness on a spiritual and mental, physical kind of things with, like, no medicine involved and – That has nothing to do with big pharma. I think a lot of people get a mixed interpretation about us. Like I will take a Tylenol if I've had a headache for seven days. I'm not against that. If I break my leg, I'm going to get a cast on it. But I think we as a collective have just skipped over the ability to heal ourselves. And it, especially me and you, just drives us mad. Um, So I really want the end all be all to just have these wellness centers where people come and learn the power of just like, I can really heal myself. If I relax, if I learn how to breathe, if I do daily walks, how many, how many of you are listening to this podcast at your work desk right now and haven't been on a walk and God knows how long, you know, like we've taken the simplest health benefits away from people. Um, So that is as far as business. I would love to do retreats. I would just love to travel with women and let them see different things and all of that fun Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, I want to just kind of take all my offerings, like I said in the beginning, and kind of craft one out of it. How can I pull in literally everything I'm good at and keep going? As far as family life. I want to be on a farm. I don't care if it's 10 acres. I don't care if it's 100 acres. I want a place that's just for me and my family um, where I can just host big dinners and cook and make bread for all my loved ones. Right, and just let kids run. And just let just kids let them, run. Let them run. Max be trying to run down the street. We all the time. <laughs> yeah. And the fence we is just not keeping them in. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want a safe place where my kids just always know they're welcome. You know, where they can always bring whoever they want home. I know me and you both had that. It was never a question of just like, should I bring this friend home, this boyfriend home? It was never like that. And I want to be that place. I want to be, you know, everyone talks about this, but like I am cultivating it that I want to be the one like, oh, we want to go to Max's house because her mom and dad are just so cool. You know, like I want to be that. So I'm trying in the next 10 years to not only be the coolest parents ever, which we are well on our way to that, um, but just loving myself for everything that I do. Um, Ash snapped at me the other day because he's like, you just spread yourself so thin. Um, 
And I do. I, I sign myself up for a lot. Michaela makes the comments all the time at me. Like, I just don't know how you do it. You're always doing so much. And I don't either. But I'm instead of like always trying to resist that, I'm trying to move into a phase in my life in the next five years of just like, this is obviously what I like to do. And I obviously like being spread thin and having a lot on my plate. So how can I balance that with a slow life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so <laughs> beautiful. Huh. Um, okay. So our final question speaking, and I love how we were just talking about being like the best mom ever. Okay. What do you think it means to be a conscious mom? Because mm. I definitely feel like, yeah, we are a different um, style of mom than the um, majority, the vast majority. But we are also <clears throat> the moms that will, I feel like, change change the next generation, like change the world, honestly. So being a conscious mom. First of all, I'm not going to pretend like I'm uh, the best mom out there because I have my days. First of all, if you're listening to this and you question if you're a good mom, you are because bad moms are not concerned if they're good moms or not. Um, being a conscious mom, you have to say I'm sorry a lot. Um, you are healing every day and you kind of have to realize that like you are re-raising yourself how you want to be raised. Nothing wrong with what my mom did with what she had, you know. Um, I have a wonderful stepdad and there's nothing wrong with how I was raised, but there's a lot of things that were kind of left out and that I see differently. So being a conscious mother is like, damn, like what, what do I want to interpret? Um, being a conscious mom is saying no a lot, not agreeing with people a lot. I can't tell you how many, you know this bitch from giving birth, just like how many unsolicited comments. Okay, but thank you. Love to hear that, but thank you. Oh, homeschooling is going to be so hard. I know. Being being just uh, home alone with them is hard. I can't imagine when I try to start teaching them. Um, so being a conscious mother is like just standing in your knowing. Like, I know I can do this. Like, I wouldn't feel so passionately about not wanting to send them to public school if, you know, it wasn't meant for us. Yeah. And realizing that things come and go with being a conscious mother. Like, if Max turns – seven, eight, nine, 10. And she's like, no, I really want to go to public school. I want to go to school like everyone else. Okay. So I'll, I'll take her to school. You know, being a conscious mother is knowing that you aren't raising your kids to obey. You're raising your kids to be these free humans. Like I just read something amazing the other day and I was like, it really hit home with me as far as like my husband, because I think for a long time I looked at him as like an object, like my husband, a thing. Instead of like, no, like he's a whole nother human who loves me and has feelings. And when I say things like they hurt his feelings and stuff. And then I was like, oh, my God, my kids are also not things. They are human beings, whether they are two months old, two years old or four years old. Like they are human beings with huge feelings. Um, and I would say I'm doing a pretty bang up job. Like Max told me the other day, I said, Max, like enough. And she goes, I just can't stop the crying, mom. She knows <laughs> these feelings in me just won't stop. And I said, okay, no, that's good. Let's talk about that. And I said, okay, we can't control our feelings. But what we can control is our reactions. I don't think you need to yell at me to tell me that you're sad. So being a conscious mother is knowing that it's going to be hard. Yeah. Um, I was talking with Dre the other day. Um, and I was telling her, 
that uh, she was making some comment about um, wanting to like slow down her life a little bit more with, you know, all the exciting news and stuff. And I said, the one thing I said to her was just like, but just don't hound yourself for the mistakes that you make, you know? And I think we were on the topic of like Chick-fil-A. Like, you know, all of us, like we are all trying to get off fast food. Yeah, I know. Chick-fil-A got like, us all by the heart. My, fir- my first trimester, I went to Chick-fil-A. Austin literally, he, he just, you know, be nice, gave me like $40 one week. It was every single bit of that money I went to Chick-fil-A Chick-fil-A. With. Got, they got us. I and mean, they're not even open on Sundays. They don't even yeah, be supporting like all the things I times, do, but I love them. Yes, $8 meal five times in a row. Yes. I used all that. For but um, I remember just saying, like, go slow and allow yourself to, like, indulge. Like, you know, like, in, like, so much, like, with mothering, like, when you have an outburst, okay, so you had an outburst. Let's move on. Let's not sit here and think, oh, my gosh, I said I wasn't going to eat Chick-fil-A, and I'm going to be, like, so upset. Oh, my God, I said I wasn't going to yell at a mom as a mom, and now I'm so upset. That happened, and now it's over with. Now move on. Start again. Take that next step forward to being what you want to be. Stop dwelling on the things that you mess up on. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, yeah, that being a conscious mother is – being connected to yourself yes, and your intuition and making decisions from that place, making decisions based on your morals and values and not the collective what, of what everyone else is what doing. Everyone else says you should be doing what other people are projecting their own experiences and opinions on. Like, because then when you make decisions from that space, you're yeah less likely to beat yourself up because. And so, yeah, with that, because you're like, yes, I mean, I know, there's people that tell me that I um, shouldn't eat Chick-fil-A because it's poison and fast food and things like that. But like, but it makes me fucking happy. That's my, yeah, that's what I, I, that's I have what a I smile on and... my face every single <laughs> bite of each freaking waffle fry. Um, huge thing as a conscious mother and being consciously aware of your surroundings. Stop taking advice, <laughs> judgment, anything from people who you do not want to be like. If they are not a conscious mother themselves and they're not, you know, preaching and doing things that you want to do, stop taking advice from them. Stop looking up to people who are not getting the same vibe. That's what I like to say. Like if they're speaking from an experience and belief system that you don't align with, then like it has literally nothing Nothing to do do with you. you. It holds no weight for Mm -hmm. me whatsoever. Like they can speak. Okay. So we were, went to this Halloween event this past week. Right. And I'm like carrying my big old baby in his Charmander costume. And this girl stops me and I've only met her like once or twice, but she like knows my family or whatever. And she's like, said she was telling me congratulations for my baby right but she's like it's so incredible that like you're okay after that because yeah you know free birth and my baby just giving birth and I said she's like it's just incredible that you're okay and I'm like why would you even say that isn't like it? why <laughs> but like it's so funny because living your life authentically and true to your purpose and like fulfilled like that right like it those people that align with you those people that like connect with you, it will change the way that they be. Because I'm telling my mom afterwards, I'm like, why would she even say that? Like, why not just be like, congratulations, period. <laughs> period. But not period. even that, but like as a conscious mother too, like the more you become in tune with yourself and you know that you're doing the absolute best with what you got, you have no time to tell another mother anything like that because you know she is doing the best with what she has and what she's doing but she's also she never wants. gave birth before either so like I oh know my gosh be- i know before i gave no birth though at all then right, no, but i know before i gave birth though i'm like i know that my body is like meant for this and i have all the knowledge and wisdom but also like how, but how? <laughs> like before no, yeah. i gave birth i'm like i know i'm gonna do and this it was like, a little questionable dur- during it right, it was a little right, bit questionable right? but it was so funny though because we're walking away and i'm telling my mom i was like wow that's crazy like why would she even say that like 
Mm-hmm. Like, but also, all- like, being a conscious mother, surrounding yourself with others, because for those of you who don't know, I was <laughs> the witness, the only birth keeper besides Austin there when baby Forrest was brought into this wonderful world. And I remember, like, Michaela just repeatedly, repeatedly looking at Kinsey, I cannot do this. Kinsey, I can't do this. Like, I don't, I don't. So I'm like, okay, bitch, are we going to the hospital? No. Like, <laughs> so, like having other conscious mothers in your tribe, because like I, and you've said this yourself, you know, like, I don't think Michaela could have pushed through if my face wasn't looking at her saying, yes, you can. Yes, you are going to. Like, but I knew I needed that from the beginning. Like, I just needed somebody to look. I just needed to look at somebody that's been like, yeah, bitch, I've done this. Yeah. I've done this. And I know it feels like you can't, but like, you will. And then everything. I, yeah, I was looking in the mirror last night and I'm like, bro, I can't believe you had a whole baby. Like, I cannot remember. Mm-hmm. I remember when you were like, I can't believe. Anyway, but, but back to my freaking story. Well, I'm like walking away and I'll tell my mom, like, wow, that's so crazy that she said that. And my mom was like, yeah, I mean, it's called birth. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Kinsey are LOLing right now just because, like, if you know my mom, like, if you know, like, the conversations that we've had, like, while I was, was pregnant good. before that, my mom I wish we were recording this for a YouTube right, right Yeah, now. that reaction that, so that we good. just had. Because, yeah, my mom's like, I had three kids. I didn't even want to be present for any of their births. I definitely don't want to watch you give birth. Not interested. But, yeah, yeah. I told my mom, she's like, um, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's literally just birth. That's so funny. Incredible. You're okay? Why? It's just yeah. birth. People do it all the time. You just give yeah. birth. I'm like... <laughs> So literally, I yeah. love that what I've been saying the last 10 months, my entire that, pregnancy. Listen, no one's going to believe you till you do it. So just shut up and do it. Just shut yeah. up and do it. Nobody is going to forget. Yeah. Because I love there's like a, there's like three, a couple different groups of people, you know, there are people that act, act like, you know, they never had any objections to what I was planning to do at all. They're just like, oh, yeah, like pretend I didn't say mm-hmm. anything. Everything turned out fine. Like pretend I didn't say anything. And then there's people that completely flip the script. Like my mom, like, well, I'm just literally just birth. I mean, just it's so natural. Austin's dad did that too. Yeah. Just people have been doing it for hundreds of years. You know, people just birth, you know, that's fine. And then there's people who, yeah, like still believe like that girl, like that I'm just like so lucky that everything just like worked yeah. out, that birth just worked out the exact way that it was designed Both to work out. Like, and yeah. that's what, like with being a conscious mother, just like, having the positive mindset, just knowing that like everything is going to work out for what it is. You know, like a lot of those people who doubted you, what were they scared of? You dying, the baby not making it, something happening where, you know, like just a negative outcome. Whereas like us on this side, we were like, no, like there is literally no option, but we are going to be holding this baby at Mm -hmm. the end of the day. Like that's all there is to it. And being a conscious mother is like hearing all these different opinions, you know, like describing these three people and it having absolutely no emotional effect on me whatsoever. No, Like it's just, this is just information. This is information for me. I'm going to write it in my notebook. This is just information for me because I, I took notes whenever you said that you doubted me and I'm going to take notes now when you flip the script. Yes. Or like when you. And you just do not have to conscious mother alone. I think that's something so huge. Like, you don't have to do this alone. You don't just because people don't agree with your stances on like the free birth. Like I can't even tell you all the things that my mother does not agree with me on, <laughs> but um, just do it and prove them wrong. And that it's not to like come off as a, like a, a spiteful way of doing things. It's more proving to yourself that like other people's opinions of how you're doing things should not guide you. Give it a try. If you fail, mm-hmm. you fail. You know. Yeah, and they make judgments and opinions based on what they experience, experience what they know. Okay. Yeah. And now I'm a part of their experience. Like I'm a part of literally so many people's experience. And so of it's like, not so much flipping the script, you know, like that was kind of not like a harsh way of saying it, but what you really did was like opened up your mom's mind to like, oh my God, okay, she was right. She can do this and other moms can do it too. So it's like also like Yeah, I mean that was me though. Like yeah. Sh- Shania, 
Did yes, she birth, free birth yeah. and I was like okay she did it I could do it and yeah. then Bethany gave birth at home and I'm like okay you Bethany did, could- you you being a conscious mother opens up the doors for other people to do it so even if you have all these naysayers and you have no one in your corner do it so the girl behind you can do it next oh yeah yeah so beautiful okay Kenzie I know that um we could talk forever yeah I know that everybody listening is just gonna absolutely love you and if they vibe with the podcast they're definitely gonna vibe with you as well can you let them know where they can connect with you Yes, yeah, so um, mainly I'm on Instagram, so I'm Kins the Yogi. Put it in the footnotes. Um, that's it. That's where I just want you to follow me at. Um, you know, I used to do and connect. Send a DM. Yeah, send a DM. Um, just say hey, say what's up, say I like the podcast. I'm just such a chatterbox, as you can tell. I do have my own podcast called It's Hard to Be Human. Michaela's on there. You can go look for Michaela the Human. Um, that's it. Here comes my kids. I think I hear them. Yeah, we're going to round it up. Okay, yeah, I'll leave all this <laughs> I'll leave all this information in the show notes below. Thank you so much for joining me back here on this podcast. Thank you, Kinsey, for yes, taking the time out of your day to And keep us. supporting her. This girl is amazing. Yeah, thank you so much. I am sending you so much love. <laughs>